When we think about collaborative response, it's important to understand that three foundational components are integral to really responding to the needs of our students and doing so in a way that is building efficacy and collaboration amongst our staff team, essentially uh, ensuring capacity building through the process. When we think of those three foundational components of collaborative structures and processes, data and evidence, and continuum of supports, it's really important to understand how the continuum of supports is designed to be able to help respond to the question, so what should we do? What should be our response? When we think about that continuum of supports, it's important to understand that we think through it in regards to four tiers of support. Now, incredibly important that when we think of these tiers, it's with the understanding that we tier the supports, not the students. In a traditional tiered, um, traditionally three-tiered uh, model of response, we look at universal, then um, strategic or targeted, and then individualized. Within collaborative response, we really take that universal and split it out into two tiers so that we understand that in time, tier one becomes the supports that we provide across all classrooms for all students. Tier two become the supports that we provide still within the classroom, but for some students, some of the time. Essentially the differentiated strategies, accommodations and interventions that we can put in place as directed or provided by the classroom teacher. Tier three become those supports provided beyond the classroom teacher, and tier four become the supports provided from beyond the school, those external supports that we look to put in place for students um, with higher levels of need uh, within our school. But again, the supports are what are tiered, not our students. So when we think about a traditional pyramid, um, and this is why we've moved away from the language of a pyramid of interventions to rather a continuum of supports. First off, intervention is only one of the different types of ways that we can respond. Supports is a much broader term to encompass the instructional practices, strategies, accommodations, and interventions that we can put in place. But you'll see, even in this visual um, demonstration that comes to us from Connaught School, where they went and clearly articulated what are the supports at each tier, all of a sudden the pyramid shape, which is what we had uh, reinforced and believed in when we initially began sharing this model, it's actually come to our understanding that when you take a look, it's actually not a pyramid when you tier the supports. As you can see, at tier one, it starts to narrow. And we'll talk about why the narrowing to non-negotiables at tier one is so uh, incredibly important. Tier two, we see a bulge. There's a lot of things that we could be considering or accessing as part of tier two support within the classroom. And then by tier three and tier four, we see fewer and fewer supports in place, although those supports become much more robust and intense. So a, a pyramid doesn't really fit. We now understand that it's um, this cone type of shape um, or, or raindrop or candy corn, whatever you want to call it, is actually a little more um, illustrative of what it is when we talk about four tiers of support so that we can see at tier one, there's a narrowing. 
by tier two it bulges and then we see it refine um back into fewer supports but more intensive when we get to tier three and then further to tier four so the question always arises around what do you determine to be tier one and what's incredibly important for schools or uh, even more impactful when we have the conversation at the divisional level is what are the big rocks or non-negotiables that we would expect to see and agree to see in every classroom as just highly sound practice that if in place should uh, ensure success for a large number of students. So let me share some examples of what this has looked like. At Whitecourt Central School, when the school engaged in the development of a literacy continuum of supports, and it's important to understand that when we move toward the development of a continuum to pick a focus area that we want to be able to look at, whether that's literacy, numeracy, well-being, executive functioning, relationships, I'll share a few different examples. We want to hone in on that area we want to impact and then articulate what are the supports that we would see at each tier. So when White Court Central looked at this in regards to literacy, you can see down the right side that there were so many tier two strategies as noted in the yellow, it wouldn't even fit onto the visual. We needed to use essentially half the page to be able to identify, again, that bulging, but at tier one, they identified eight, eight big rocks that we should see in every classroom across our school. So for instance, read-alouds. There is no longer the question of, do we do read-alouds in our class or not? No, we absolutely say that's a non-negotiable. That's something we'll see in every classroom. The question is not the, should we do it? It's a question of how. What does read-alouds look like in your classroom? What does it look like in your, and it, it uh, starts to open up a rich conversation about what do each one of these universal practices look like when done well within the classroom. And it gives us a foundation or hooks to hang our conversations about instruction on. For four K-6 schools in Edmonton Public, they went about the work of co-creating their Tier 1 non-negotiables for numeracy. And you can see within this concentric circle visualization, they were able to identify six, six big rocks that we should be able to see in each classroom and then began the work of starting to articulate. So what does that look like in a kindergarten classroom? What does that look like in a grade five classroom? And let's um, learn from one another, but understanding we will see these in each and every classroom within our school. At E.G. Wallstrom in Slave Lake, when they went through the process of developing a continuum related to relationships, you can see in this document, at Tier 1, there were eight, and they referred to it as the Big Eight. These are the eight things that we should see in each and every classroom. Then they went into the work of saying, so for each one, what does it look like and what does it not look like? To be able to start to clarify and articulate, and then you can see below, once again, a large number of Tier 2 strategies that are not seen as non-negotiables. They are considerations, things we could try if a student is still not uh, having the success that we'd like them to, um, to be able to have. So incredibly important to understand that when we tier those supports and continue to come back to refining, particularly tier one, we create 
a rich base to help respond to the question, so what should we do when a student struggles? That development of a continuum is never done. It's the rich co-creation that opens up a conversation that's ongoing about instruction and about what is it that we can do at each of the tiers to ensure success for our students. With that, I wish you all the best as you continue to create and refine and then most importantly utilize those continuum of supports in your discussions to respond to the needs of students. I wish you all the best. Thank mm -hmm. you.